Welcome back, everyone, and happy Friday. This is Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsburts, who are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. Joining me, as always, looking nice, no hat today. You can see his beautiful hair. Happy Friday, Andy. And you also may notice we have a guest. You might know her from her great work at TVG, her work at the local news station in Idaho, or my partner and, frankly, my favorite co-host on Eat Sleep Tennis. Candice, how are you? How's everything going? Tennis is happening. we got some horses. How's life? We have everything happening. I was down in Utah yesterday with my buddy who's a big Suns fan, so had a fun night in that regard. And, yeah, ready for some big horse racing action this weekend. And as you say, a pretty important tennis tournament in the midst of of the season at this point, kind of getting towards that halfway stage. Yeah, Alex had Suns plus 190. That makes up for a lot of uh, sadness on the other team. We won't even talk about the other NBA series that ended last night. That that didn't happen in my mind. But, no, we are uh, experiencing a little bit of issues with the French Open right now. It's kind of like golf. Golf is screwing me with this too. Like they're finishing up round one right now. Round two is starting now, I think, for the people that have finished up. So same kind of thing going on with uh, the French Open. A little bit of weather once in a while. I don't know what you're seeing for order of play. If you have any idea what's going on over there, I've given up on trying to keep track of that, Alex, because every time I make one of your bets, it's like the end of the order of play. (laughs) happens two days later. Yeah, it's again, I just kind of keep pulling up flash score and seeing who's out there and who's playing. It, it looks like maybe there'll be a match or two today that'll get pushed to tomorrow. We'll see. But just pull, that's again, the best thing I can tell you what to do pull up flash score. They do about as good a job as anybody at keeping things updated, what the proper order is, and try to do your best. So, yeah, a lot of our bets are getting pushed back. I don't think we're going to have any tennis picks unless Candace has got something for us, mostly because everything is either still in flux. We talked about it already. I guess I still have Prejakova plus money is the last open bet. And uh, was going to give out Goff Brady over, but it got all the way up to 21 and a half. And I hate taking over 21 and a half. So if you've got a 21 out there, play that. But given the rain, it's not too great from a single match betting perspective. But what have you thought of the tournament so far, Candice? Men's side, women's side, either? Um, is there anything you've enjoyed? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I've enjoyed that both sides have been so different, right? The women, we saw a day of chaos, I suppose, when we lost uh, Ashley Barty and Petra Kvitova. That happened in quick hit fashion. And so really kind of changed the dynamic of that tournament because I think a lot of people were looking at it as kind of nailing down to like Barty or Svitek. And, you know, you look now and it's behind behind Svitek, it's a lot more open. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that formulizes, but I don't think anybody anticipated that happening. Well, and, and in the fashion it happened, I suppose, so early in the tournament. So been a little chaotic. I know that's part of what you like about women's tennis, but maybe even a little bit more than usual. Um, The men, I I think, has been, you know, it's been formful, but enjoyably formful. I think for me in the early stage of a tournament, I often love seeing, you know, the top seeds play really well. So to see Nadal looking dialed in, to see Djokovic looking dialed in, you know, that leaves us, you know, with potentially a showdown if they can continue the form that we're seeing from them thus far. Um, Neither of them have, really terrible draws and they have pretty, pretty soft draws for the next couple of rounds still as well. So be interesting to see, uh, I would say for, you know, f- for the men, it's tough. I know when we talked about and preview that tournament um, over uh, on the show we do together, I-, I think that we both kind of indicated that the men's draw didn't have a, a substantial amount of value and that that's continuing to show as form continues to hold. If you were looking for a little bit of a dark horse, I probably would just give a slight lean to Berrettini. 
who I think has looked really, really well and has continued the nice form we've seen from him throughout the clay court season. Um, he would have to play Djokovic, all things being equal, two rounds from now. But, but we'll see if we get there. Uh, the women, I, I liked Fiatek going in, and that still remains the same for me. She has been maybe the best player, men or women, throughout the entire course of the tournament thus far. She's been incredibly impressive. Yeah, she has been great. Things have really opened up for her. <laughs> yeah. You know? Great and lucky. Like yeah. that's a that's a good way to win this again. Like yeah. it, it's it's wide open for her. There's a go on tr truthfully too. I mean, some things that I was worried about. I'm sitting on I mean, I have Bedosa, thanks to Alex, but mm. the only thing on the men's side, I do have some Sitsipas at a couple different numbers. And uh, Drew was trying to freak me out the other day. He's like, oh, I don't know, Fanini, red hot. And I felt a little vindicated because I said, you know, Fanini red lines for like two, three matches or whatever. And then one time in Rome, he managed to pull it off for a long time. But I'm like, he'll flame out. I didn't expect it uh, to Del Bonus, but I'll take it there. Rude is out now. He was somebody I was worried about. So uh, I honestly, Medvedev on clay, Zverev in best of five. I'm not terribly worried about anybody right now. I think since boss is probably the best player on my side of the draw. So I'll just worry about him when he gets to the final, I guess. And I'll just uh, keep playing my Coco overs. And, and credit to Del Bonus, who's had a very, very, very nice clay court swing. You always like to see players like that. He's a veteran, been around a long time. It's nice to see players like that really kind of rewarded with good play in a major. Yeah, it has been fun. But speaking of things that are fun, and what I'm actually really looking forward to this weekend, we got a horse race. It's the third leg of the Triple Crown. I believe it's the Belmont Stakes. Am I correct in saying that? You are correct. Yeah, something we actually know the schedule of. This will start on time. These always start on time. Actually, I have seen, I guess I've seen a derby get rained out and delayed a little before. But for the most part, we do know when this is starting. And yeah, it's uh, way different than the derby. If you paid attention to anything we did earlier on, on the deep dive around here, talking about the derby or the Preakness, you know, the derby 20 horse field, this is way smaller, different length. This is eight. I mean, it's, it's only eight, eight for now, I guess somebody could scratch too. So kind of a different kind of handicap and it's, it's still a very fun race. No triple crown winner chances here, obviously, but uh, still a lot of really good horses that uh, some of the favorites that we saw in the Kentucky Derby here. Yeah. So how do oh, there it is, my morning line? That's okay. I was going to say, I was looking at some of these, the lines are pretty close. It looks like, you know, you've got a couple people out there at big numbers. I mean, how do you see the race going? I know one of the big important things when handicapping a horse race is just trying to figure out how it might start and who's going to kind of get around each other and, and beside each other, if you will. So, you know, kind of break it down for us if you can. How do you see this going on, on Saturday night? Well, the first thing I would mention is weather. Know that there's a lot of rain in the New York area today. We are a little unsure how much of that's going to continue tomorrow you would need it to be a pretty steady uh, rain throughout the day for it to really impact the surface, but it's that time of year. So just something to keep in mind if you are playing, do keep an, an eye on the weather. Um, from a pace perspective, uh, the number seven rock your world really should lead. Um, he's been a, a real nice little horse from the beginning. He's trained by a trainer named John Sadler, who's one of the best trainers in California and really has had I'd say a nice maybe last two, two and a half years. He's gotten a lot of really good horses and had a substantial amount of success in Southern California. And Rocker World was a really interesting horse for him because he debuted this year as a three-year-old, which is rare. And it happened in January and it was over the turf, so on the grass. 
And it's rare you see a horse like that end up on the Triple Crown Trail. But John Sadler, in speaking about him early on, said right away that he always knew he was a dirt horse and that he was putting him in grass races, one, because they were races that were open that had you know places where he could run because sometimes there's limited opportunities you can't run a horse in any race you want to they have to be eligible so there were spots where he could run and i think at the time of the year he thought they tended to be easier you know in america dirt is our number one surface so the best horses tend to run on the dirt especially in the early portions of their career so sometimes you can get south spots on the turf so he ran them in two turf races he won them both he put him immediately into the Santa Anita Derby, which is the major Kentucky Derby prep in Southern California. He won that by four and a quarter lengths. And then he went to Churchill and he raced in the Kentucky Derby. And if you go back and watch the race, he broke a step slow, which for his running style, which is leading, is bad to begin with. And he really kind of got bumped around horses and his race was over there. I mean, obviously we know all the news that has formulized since the Kentucky Derby and many of the horses who race there, we will not see in the Belmont stakes, obviously most notably your winner, Medina spirit. But for me, that's a complete forgive race for rock your world. Um, there wasn't much he was going to do after he broke a little bit slow. And that's not a tendency of his. So it's not something I would be terribly worried about. And even if for some reason it did happen, we're dealing with an eight horse field here, not a 20 horse field. So he should be able to recover he had a really, really nice work. You can find the video online at Santa Anita on the 28th of May. So perfect timing leading into this. It's usually about seven days between works, and he looked absolutely incredible. He should get the lead here, I think, rather comfortably. If anybody tries to push him at all, it might be the Japanese horse, Francisco de Ina, who back home has led on a number of occasions. But very often... Horses who lead on dirt overseas, whether that's in Japan or Hong Kong or Dubai or South Korea, all things being equal, they usually aren't quick enough to go with an American horse early. Um, with this race being a mile and a half, often people look to closers. They think those are the horses who stay the furthest, uh, but you rarely want those types. Uh, being on the lead is an enormous advantage here. I think you know you have to look at it a little bit like cycling sometimes. You might be the best closer in a stage of a race, but if you're at the back of the peloton, things might be difficult for you. So uh, I look to rock your world. I think he goes to the lead and I think he takes them in gate to wire fashion. And if the weather does come in, um, I wouldn't be terribly worried about it for him either. His pedigree suggests that he should handle it just fine. Yeah, the, the only thing I'm hearing, and I haven't done a ton of prep, I was hoping, like, when I looked, I'm like, is this race Sunday? Because that would be better for me, because then I'd have more time to do it. That's how, that's how much uh, I'm up to date on stuff. But, yeah, the, the only thing I've heard so far, too, is people are still, and, I mean, the odds reflect it. The morning lines odd reflect essential quality at 2-1. to one. People said, like, you know, if the Derby had been in another half furlong, probably wins. If it had got, you know, hadn't have gone, had to go as far, they, you know, they, they measure. It's almost like the NFL, like those advanced stats where they show how far Tyree Kill actually ran in this play. But, you know, you can do that pretty easily with horses tracking around. He ran quite a bit further, having to go around the outside there. Um, I mean, it's it's just more of a, a good chance to win the race, but at two to one, maybe staying away, taking a little bit of a, a better price on a horse that can get out to a lead no matter what in a field this small. I'm just saying I'm scared of essential quality. So. Yeah, and I get it. I get it, right? Essential quality is kind of everything Rock Your World isn't, right? We talked about all those 
uh, aspects to the beginning of Rock Your World career that's unusual, essential quality was the opposite. He won the Breeders' Futurity at the two-year-old. That's a marquee two-year-old race in America. He won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which is the marquee two-year-old race in America. Um, came back the course of this year. He does have a victory over a sloppy track. So if the weather does come in, you would anticipate he's going to take significant money. Uh, his Kentucky Derby, as you mentioned, he ran fine. No problems there. It was a really nice performance to finish fourth from the spot that he was in. And I think it also is a tell that Brad Cox didn't send Mandaloon here, his other horse. He only sent a central quality. Um, Brad Cox has a pretty strong group of three-year-olds. So the fact he only sends one, um, just knowing him and knowing the barn, oftentimes that means he anticipates that horse is going to win. So I, I respect a central quality. I respect that barn that is – I mean, they've had more success than anybody in the country over the past year, the Brad Cox barn – you know, in mainstream media, maybe it's not as well known as some other barns, but they're they're a real force to be reckoned with. And when you talk about horses who also have had good workouts leading into this, he had a very nice workout. May the 29th at Churchill Downs, five furlongs and 59 and two. That's smoke and fast. I'm sure he'll be ready. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's a California horse, right? The Rock Your World? Or is yes. it, are we going Pac-12? That was the, <laughs> what we had on the, on the deep dive. We made it, we made the analogy to like uh, college football conferences. We said, you know, the, the, the Louisiana horses and the Florida horses and like what path they take to get here. And like, we've been all over the California horse. Yeah, it was Santa Anita, the Santa Anita yeah. Derby. The, this horse beat Med Medina Spirit, Medina Spirit. I'm so bad at getting the name right of that horse. I want to say Medina because it's a golf course. But yeah. Yeah. Beat Medina Spirit at at the Santa Anita Derby. And yeah, it's a Cali horse. It's a Pac-12 horse. I'm I'm sold. Like I'm in on that because that's the California thing I've been riding. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's just where the value is going to be. I think essential quality, probably your most likely winner, but especially if the weather comes in, he'll be much shorter than two to one. Yeah. Now you mentioned uh, France go to Ina 30 to one. I'm looking at the other two kind of bigger horses here uh, overtook 20 to one in Burbonic 15 to one. You know, I like to bet big underdogs. Is there any value in any of those three names uh, for you on Saturday? Should I be sprinkling anything there on some big numbers? Cause I want to. Yeah, I know you, I'm sure you want to. I mean, I'll take you through them all quickly. Burbonic comes from Todd Fletcher's barn. He's had a weird year in that he's had a lot of three-year-olds who were okay, but none of them were great. Burbonic is definitely one of those. Um, he won the Wood Memorial, which is at this stage kind of a lesser tier derby prep. I mean, it was a nice win. Um, I just don't think he has the right running style. He comes from off the pace, and there's not a lot in his pedigree to me that suggests he really wants to run this far. Um, Overtook is his stablemate, also with Pletcher. He's by Curlin out of an AP Indy mare. So at least you do have a little bit of potential there for him to appreciate this distance. Um, his both Curlin and AP Indy wanted to go far. So he has that classic stamina on both ends of the pedigree. Just not quite sure he's good enough yet. Um, he was third in the Peter Pan, which is the prep for this race. Uh, typically, if you're looking to a horse coming from the Peter Pan, you'd want the winner. So I'm just, just not quite sure he's there. He also has blinkers on which can be a negative um, horses when they put blinkers on in, in a big race. Oftentimes I shy away. Um, you'll find very frequently they either break slow out of the gate or they tend to over race, which means they're pulling and they're fighting the rider. They just get a little bit too revved up. And again, going on mile and a half for the first time, that's probably not what you want to be dealing with. So of those big horses, I'd probably say Francisco de Ina is the best. Um, if you're betting him, I would say, you really want to watch him going up to the gate. He has a little bit of an attitude. And so you want to make sure he's not 
going crazy, you know, not looking too revved up, not looking too sweaty, um, just because I think he kind of ran his race before the race happened in the Preakness. Uh, Japanese horses do tend to do well in stamina-based races for a couple reasons. One, the dirt courses in Japan are sand-based, whereas here in America, they're traditional dirt. So if you think running on the beach versus running on, you know, in a forest, it's going to be a lot harder to run on the beach. So they do tend to have a lot of stamina. They also train uphill in Japan. So it's a stamina-based training. So I wouldn't be surprised if you had a better performance today than he did in the Preakness. Um, I cover Japanese racing on a day-to-day basis still. And to me, he's kind of like a C-list Japanese horse, but I've seen crazier things happen. So if you were all in, Alex, you had to have a horse who's 20 to one or higher. He's probably the one. I love that. Thank you so much. I needed something. Maybe somewhere under, maybe somewhere underneath. Maybe a key yeah. trifecta box. Let's, let's not get too crazy and bet. I've been a little exacted with Rock Your World. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's make an exact box with a keyed winner on uh, with the seven yeah. horse. I mean, if you were going to play something like that, I think this is the kind of race that if you were looking to attack it from a wagering perspective, I'd be playing Rock Your World to win. And then I'd be looking to, you know, just really kind of go through him and, and remove a central quality. So I'd play some exactas, not having a central quality or, or, or Rombauer, who we didn't mention him. Obviously, I feel like we should, uh, your Preakness winner. Uh, I think he's incredibly overrated. I I don't even really know how he won that race, <laughs> to be frank with you. And maybe he'll prove me wrong. But I'd be looking to play exactas with neither of those horses in there. And then I'd really be playing some horizontal wagers um, into the Belmont. And again, using Rock Your World, maybe even using France Go to Ina because you can justify the use by the price he'll be. But just really kind of working your way around the likes of an essential quality and especially, especially Rombauer. Awesome. Oh, for sure. All right. When is the next Eat Sleep Tennis? Speaking of, you know, if people want to catch uh, some more Candace and they don't live in Idaho. Well, I believe we're going to be doing one this weekend. We haven't decided which day. Alex can't join us. He has important life things going on. Uh, but, uh, you know, make, it, making it happen. French Open, Alex. <laughs> I know. I know. You think it's we should plan a little better. Gosh. Well, Steve's going to be mad at me after I told Candace she was my favorite. So that'll be good. I'll give them some time to work out that awkwardness. I will say one thing before you guys let me go. If you are playing the Belmont, do know there are a ton of major races on the day. So be sure to tune in early and I'll give you an early bet. Uh, race number eight is the great one, just a game. It's for the Phillies and mares. So the girl horses on the grass, they're going a mile. I love, love, love a horse named pocket square. She's going to be the number six in there. I've loved her for a long time. She mostly raced overseas, and she's making her second start for Chad Brown, who's the premier turf trainer in America. She had a lot of issues before she joined his bar, and she had a very severe illness. Uh, he gave her a lot of time to recover, and she looks sensational leading into this race. And if it does rain, I would say the wetter, the better for her. So pocket square, keep that in mind. If you're playing the Belmont card early, I'll be race eight. I, I will be. I will for sure. I absolutely like I already mentioned. I'm already betting on racing today. You're betting Swedish harness racing. You know, Swedish harness racing this morning. So, all right, Candice, really appreciate you coming on, giving us a pick for the Belmont. Excited for all that tomorrow and the whole day of racing. People can find you on Twitter. It looks like mm -hmm. at Candice Hair with an underscore afterwards. Candice with an I. Yeah, you got to get that underscore. And I don't have one. I feel left out. Candice with an I, hair like the rabbit, and obviously on Eat Sleep Tennis for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Candace.
Bye. NBA uh, one game tonight, huh? Just the one. Just the I don't one. know what it's, to do with that. Well, it's the Clippers Maverick series. I don't know if anyone knows what to do at this point. It's um, we're making some jokes today about injuries throughout the playoffs, and I mentioned that the Clippers' real injury is just the entire team has some sort of brain problem. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Road teams are five and zero now in this series. Uh, the Clippers. Go to Dallas now. They're small favorites here at minus two and a half. Again, Luca still does not look 100%. If the Clippers can put it together here, they should be able to cover this number. This is maybe even an overspot, but if you could tell me what's going to happen in the game of this Clippers series, I would love to hear it because I don't think anyone really knows what's going to happen. So I'll try to watch a little bit of this tonight and see how it goes and maybe look for some spots, um, you know, live here and see how the Clippers look. But I don't know. God bless anyone making a wager on this pregame. Yeah, we will just we'll let this fly and we'll we'll worry more about Saturday's games and not only Saturday's games, but Saturday's series. Alex is going out on a limb here. What do you what do you what do you like about these bucks? Is it mostly the price? It's um, it's again, it's like any bet. It's the price. But I got into my boat and I headed out to Bucks Island and it's just really me and maybe one other guy. We were talking in the chat this morning and I was getting kind of a lot of crap for this. But. I think the Bucs have a chance to be very competitive in this series. I think it's much closer than this. I have this basically, you know, Nets minus 150, so Bucks plus 150. I really like this number at plus 180, sprinkled a little bit on the minus one and a half games at plus 275. As I start to look at the matchup, as much as we worried about the Bucs all season, we're finally, I think, starting to see and saw in round one what they really gave up in terms of regular season wins for Drew Holiday. They traded some depth. They changed the way that they built their team. And instead of trying to be the number one seed and win all those games in the regular season, they built more of a playoff team. And we saw that in round one. And I think Holiday is going to make a huge, huge difference in this series. I do wish Dante DiVincenzo were healthy. Yes, that would make things better. But I don't know if that he's such an important piece here that I'm willing to walk away from such a nice number here on the Bucks. Their defenses look great. They're switching. They should have the bodies to slow these guys down. Joe Harris might be a problem. You know, he's probably going to be kind of that extra guy left out. But we'll see what happens. Um, you know, Budenholzer has done a little more creative things in the first series. We'll see what he does here. Um, but just, again, I really like this number on the Bucks. I think they have some great chances here against a Nets team that is still – pulling it together and, and, you know, trying to get, um, I think still some rhythm and chemistry here. So we'll see how it goes. Let's go bucks. Let's go bucks. And yes, I'll send in the weekend with some round two plays for golf. I don't understand what's going on really. I feel like there's people still playing round one. If I'm looking right at the scoreboard, like I think Chris Kirk is still playing his first round. He has two holes left. But several players have teed off for round two, which <clears throat> that's what you need to do if you want to get these first two rounds in in time and not have a Monday finish. But I did play some round two head-to-heds. I don't 100% know when all these start because, again, the tee times are confusing. But I played uh, Cam. Davis had a rough round one. Sometimes that takes the pressure off. when <laughs> You are like, I'm not making the cut. And actually, the cut line might be plus three here. So Davis over Henley at a plus number. Uh, Siwoo Kim over at Mr. Steele. Minus 120, the rest of them are dogs, though. Shane Lowry, the Irishman, not the movie. This His round should take about as long as that movie, though. Lowry over Fitzpatrick. And Knox, who was my top 10, top 20. Um, he was like my uh, long shot on each, uh, I almost said each sleep tennis, approaching the green. I mixed up all the shows. 
Knox <laughs> over Corey Connors at plus 137. Love Corey Connors, but this price is pretty heavy. So just those for the weekend um, or for today. It's still Friday. I'll have some more stuff for the weekend if we have a normal end tonight. I'll get some up tonight on Twitter on Betspert. Check that out. And, yeah, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Preakness. Excuse Belmont. You said Preakness too many times, I think. Now you've been I might have. Did I say Preakness? Yeah. It's, it's not like it says it right next to me here. But enjoy the Belmont. Enjoy the NBA action. And, yes, thanks to the sponsor, WinBet. You can still get your $500 free bet. In the pinned tweet are the links to get you signed up, get you that risk-free bet. I wonder if they have fixed-race horse bets. I hope so. I would think you're poking around. Yeah, go poke around so you can get on that. So, all right, that's it for us, for Alex, for Andy, for all of us here at Betsperts and Brown Bag Bets. We hope you have a great weekend and you win almost all your bets. Why not all of them?